Welcome to Coach's Corner of Michigan. Today's podcast is brought to you by Stream Cortex for all your hockey needs. I'm your host, Andy Weidenbach. Today's guests are former Brighton High School head coach, Paul Muggeth, along with three of his former players, Logan Neaton, Colin Bielek, and former player and current head coach, Kurt Cavisto. Welcome, guys. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us today. And uh, we're looking forward to kind of digging through your life here and uh, telling your story. Um, First of all, I'd like to start with Paul, and then we'll talk about uh, Colin and and Kurt and Logan. But, uh, Paul, welcome to the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, chit-chatting with you here and kind of reminiscing. We've had some uh, good battles over the years and uh, enjoyed playing against your teams. Great to be here, Andy. Um, As as I talked to you earlier, I think you were the one that I – sort of idolized in terms of um, what you did with high school hockey. And uh, so it's a pleasure to be here and, and, to, and to bring uh, three of my best with me. Yeah, I, I, I read the bios and uh, I was aware of uh, some of the, uh, the the back end of their stories, but I wasn't aware of the uh, the front end, how they got to where they were. And I think it's going to be interesting when we get to that. So, but first of all, I'd like to talk about your accomplishments a little bit. Um you know, 32 years as a head coach, eight years as an assistant, you know, 40 years as a high school coach. That's pretty significant. I'm sure you've touched the lives of lots of kids. Um, 867 total games, 679 as a head coach, five state championships, uh, seventh um, uh, MSHA all-time winningest coach is seventh, seventh of all time. So uh, with 467 wins, that's that's quite an accomplishment in itself. I mean, just the longevity alone is is amazing, and uh, I'm sure uh, you know you've turned the reins over to Kurt, but uh, he's able to keep this uh, keep this thing going for for Brighton High School. But uh, I think one of the one of the cool things that I really was impressed with Brighton High School is you know teams always take on the personality of their coach and. Uh, you know, I think you were known as one of the good guys. Your teams, you know, they played they played the right way. They played hard, but they didn't take a lot of penalties. They were respectful um, to the integrity of the game and, and the officials and, and, and uh, their opponents. And win, lose, or draw, you know, they were always uh, pretty level-headed, uh, fun to play against. And uh, I guess um, from your perspective, you know, you played in the uh, – Cranbrook Thanksgiving tournament many years and we had some good battles any any great memories from that tournament oh yeah a lot of my I, I guess the, the 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 one that I that I recall the best was uh, uh you would always assign uh the, the home team and and uh who was who got to you know you your off ice officials and we had a we had a year where we were I, we played U of D in uh I think the semis and uh um, Mike Beller, who was one of our dads, was 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 running the clock, and it got down to uh, I, I think like three seconds left in the game, and uh, a, a puck in in U of D's, and we ended up um, scoring a goal um, in five seconds, but the clock had not run out, so uh, it was it was it was uh, uh, 
pandemonium at the at the box. And I, I just remember that uh, we went back and looked at the video and and, and gave them. Uh, we, we said it was a tie or whatever it was. But I, I what I've always remembered about that is we've never been the home team since. <laughs> don't I don't remember if that was by design or. It might have been. I don't know, but that's a good one. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if we're still in it, but I think that that's uh, we'll always have that. Uh, we'll always be visitors. Yeah, you'll never run the clock again. No, um, that's that's good. I love that. I know that. Um, I know that uh, you know in high school hockey, you know it's an extension of the classroom. Um, it's an interscholastic sport, and you know the role of the coach is is much different in high school hockey than it is maybe in junior hockey or maybe in triple a hockey. You know, we have a, a lot more responsibility to the players. Um, you know, you're, you're monitoring what they're doing in the classroom, their behavior at school. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your role as the coach at, at Brighton and how, how all those pieces fit together? Sure. Um, well, I, I started as an assistant with, with Rick Bourbonnet, um back in 88 or whatever it was. We had, we had coached a little bit together uh, at different ages in the Livingston County Hockey Association. So I got to know Rick and I played on a men's league team with him and he um, got the job at the, as the head coach at Brighton. And um, about a year and a half in one of his assistants left, couldn't do it anymore. So he called me and asked me to come help. Um, and it was interesting because back in those days, uh, Brighton was not respected at all. We couldn't get games with, with any decent teams. And, I remember Rick telling me, you know, he'd call and they'd, they'd almost hang up on him. So, you know, we, we had to work with 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 uh, changing the environment, changing the culture, um, and 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 it was it was a real challenge. I mean, there were kids who were there that 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 really um, were there for the wrong reason. So we put a lot of discipline in, and, and over time, that changed. So so Rick and I worked it together, and um, during that period of time, I had. Um, um, my three sons played on, on teams until I think Damon ended up in 95. Um, uh, but anyway, having three, three boys there was a challenge for me, but, but we, we learned from the, from the players that had preceded us and, and they got to the point where we, we beat Trenton two to one, um, in a, when, when they were ranked number one to go to the semis. So we got better. And we got better by by watching watching others and and taking care of each other. Um, but it, but as that progressed, um, we, we um, uh, Rick Rick my um, uh, friend and associate he retired, and when he retired, I got the job and and hired him back as an assistant. I, and where I'm going with this is, I think the consistency that we've that we've had at Brighton has included. Um, Rick, Rick's been there a lot of years. Um, myself, Mike Brown, who was uh, a, a friend, and his son played on our team, Gordy Brown. Um, our sons grew up together, and um, we, we added Jason Valenti um, and and Kurt. Um, so I think of all those years that 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 the program has been in place. There have only been five coaches, uh, and I think that consistency has, has really helped us to be. Um, who we are. I think, I think we, we tried to establish um, the discipline and the, um, uh, the, the, the kind of game that you talked about earlier 
that we we would gain the respect and keep the respect of others. So I, I think that that longevity has has played well. And now, and, and Kurt, even um, being an assistant for ten years, a lot longer than he should have been for sure. Um, um, but but I think that consistency brought us success. And um, I, I, I I can't say that enough. I really appreciate those guys, and and I think success in life. Um, and I'm sure that that Logan and, and Colin know this as well. Um, they you have to surround yourself with good people, and when you surround yourself with good people, good things happen not just for you but for those people as well. And so that that's been I, I think the 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 reason that that from my perspective, Braden's been successful is that I've had great people to be with and around and, and, and great players and parents and, and coaches and administrators, whatever it takes. I, I was, I was lucky to have good people to, to be with. And, and I think that's, again, I think that's the, the secret to life is, is the people you hang out with. I think you just described my path as well. Like when I started coaching high school hockey in 93, I came out of the OHL and, you know, it's a whole different uh, ball of wax there. You're, you know, your your goals and objectives are a little bit different. But, but yeah, we did the same thing. I mean, we had to change the culture. And I agree. I was asked that same question, and uh, the entire uh, the the bottom block in our in our uh, the, or the foundation of our program was built on discipline. And I I, I couldn't agree more with your team. Um, they were one of the teams that you know they were fun to play against. And uh, again, I would say they. They take on the personality of the coach or the coaching staff, and uh, you know they were always they were always you know uh, very respectful of the of the integrity of the game, and um, you know they were fun to play against. But um, again, I think you know changing the culture is very difficult, right? And it starts with discipline and respect, and um, you know the Brighton teams were always noted for that, um, always noted for that. That's why we love playing you guys in our tournament even though we had to make you the, uh, the visiting team. Cause you, you know, you didn't have p- people that understand, <laughs> understood how to run the clock. But other than that, it was a good bunch of guys. Um, uh, maybe we were cheating a little bit. There, but <laughs> we didn't well, I think the other team thought that, but I never thought that. But, uh, yeah, that that's Thanks. a good story. I, I, I do remember that. I also remember some overtime games there where you had some great battles, but, uh, for sure. So there's some parents probably going to listen to this show and and they're going to and maybe this is a good question for Kurt, too, because uh, his path to success was definitely on the road less traveled um, and had mega success in hockey, both as a player and as a coach. But, you know, there's kids out there. There's there's parents out there that, you know, they got a 13 or a 14 year old kid and they're thinking like, you know, their friends are telling them there's only one way you can get to be successful and. And as you know, back in the day, there was a stigma with high school hockey that, you know, back in the 90s, 80s and 90s, if you played high school hockey, it was a dead end street. And of course, that's not the case today. But um, now that stigma is a little bit with JV hockey. But, uh, you know, if there's some parents out there of players that are 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old, you know, what are you telling them? Why high school hockey? Well, I, I think there's a number of reasons to play in uh you know, especially especially as a young kid, there's a, there's a lot of a uh, lot of value in playing, especially early in your high school career. You're a 14, 15 year old kid. Suddenly you're playing against 17, 18 year old kids. So there's a lot of development on the on the front end of your high school career. 
Um, secondly, you're playing for something a little bit bigger than yourself. You're playing for a, for a town, a community, your schoolmates and that type of stuff. And, and there, there's a ton of value in those experiences. The, the fun factor is incredible. Um, it, it's one of those experiences you don't get elsewhere. And, uh, you know, it, it's a tremendous amount of fun and a great experience. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think there's more to it than they always say you're playing, you're playing for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey. And I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, you know, I think um, in a lot of cases, um, you know, you get more opportunity in high school hockey, right? Like, you know, this is the hand you're dealt. And so you have to develop these players. You just can't go out and find guys to replace them. They're, they're in your school district. And, uh, you know, these are the kids that are on your team and you have to make them better. You're forced to be a better coach as opposed to being a, you know, I guess a recruiter, like in junior hockey, you're recruiting, but um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's made better, better coaches in high school. And I think uh, over the years, maybe Paul, you could comment on this, but you know, since your coaching days back in the, you know, eighties uh, and nineties, I mean, you've seen high school hockey really change a lot uh, for the better because of, you know, some of the things that, you know, uh, the flagship teams, I guess, the Trentons, the uh, Brother Rices, the Cranbrooks, the, uh, you know, the Brightons, uh, Livonia Stevenson, all those teams have, have brought the quality of high school hockey up, not only as, a, as teams, but as coaches. They, there's some really good young coaches now. So uh, what's your comment on that? What have you seen over the years? Well, I think, you know, exactly what what you've experienced, Andy, and that is, you know, we didn't have the the exposure. We didn't have the caliber of players back in the day, and, and we didn't have even a reputation that, that we that we could do it. But I think as as those good teams, I mean, even you mentioned all those teams, even Ann our Pioneer back in the day was was a was a good team. It changes over time, but I think it, what really has to happen is there has to be a culture that and an environment that's established where player uh, parents want to bring their where their kids to our programs. Um, you know, the the, the the player that they bring to us, they, they would they would die for. I mean, that's that's where they're at, and and they're not going to give their kid over to somebody who or a program that's not that's not going to make them better and, and help them to be the best version of themselves possible. So I think that 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 that's you know what what I've seen over over time. Um, but and I think specifically it's 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 being curious as how we can do it better. I know the coaches association now has done a great job, I believe, in in um, marketing our programs and um, and I think that that's going to help us long term. But the success of, of guys like uh, Kurt and Logan and Colin and, and all the players in, in, in high school hockey now who have gone on to, to show that you can do it there. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, the percentage that, that can that can go and play after high school is small in comparison to those that can't. And so I think it's really what, what do we provide those all the 100% of the players and the return on the investment. I think it's the return on the investment. So your time is the most important thing that you own. And if, if you're if the time that you put into playing a sport, whether it's high school hockey or or football or whatever, it, it's it's what, what do you get back from that? And it's 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 learning to to be a team, learning to how to win, learning sometimes 
to how to be a graceful loser. Um, but but learning always about how to make yourself better. And I think that that parents are looking for that that experience, although they are uh, taken kind of off track with with coaches at certain levels that that that, that think that that's the only way. Um, high school provides uh, the avenue. I think that they can they can be not only successful in their community in their school um, and in their sport. Um, but also in life, and I think I think that's that's where that return comes from. When we we practice usually at four thirty every day, we practice four times a week. Um, the 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 practice to game ratio is is what it should be, um, not what some of the the travel teams are doing. Um, we um, are home on the weekends for the most part, unless we've got a game someplace. But we only travel a couple times a year, once to Trenton and once to the UP. Um, so for the most part, they're home. They're, they're part of the community. They're part of their school, um, have the routines that I think are healthy. Um, and um, so I, I really think that that has been a, a lot of growth. And if, 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 if I were a parent, I'd be looking at the return in, on investment in terms of time, in terms of financial, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but just what's what's the what's the best space a kid can be in um, to work through the high school years, which are challenging um, at best. So I, I think that's kind of where I, I'm landing on that. I couldn't agree more. I think you could probably sum that up in one word if you just uh, said the lifestyle, right? The lifestyle of a high, high school player yeah. it couldn't be any better. You know, we practice four days a week. We have two games, Friday and Saturday nights usually. You're home Sunday, take a day off. It kind of mocks a, a college schedule a little bit um, without the travel, obviously. But um, yeah, I think the lifestyle of a high school player is great. I think the opportunities that high school players get, um, they'd get more opportunity rather than being pigeonholed as a third line, you know, checker. I mean, in high school hockey, you're going to get an opportunity to, to learn and to grow. And as you, uh, as you come up through the ranks, you know, you start out as a freshman or sophomore, maybe you're playing a year JV or two. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the development is critically important. I wanted to talk talk to talk about Kurt a little bit. I was reading his bio and and uh, like I said, I kind of knew I, I knew the older Kurt um, based on, you know, his uh, years at Michigan State and, and all the accolades he got there and, and, you know, his playing career. And I know he's a great coach, but I didn't realize that, you know, he started playing, you know, house league hockey and took a few years off and was the manager of the team. And and, uh, you know, definitely was the road less traveled. Um, and, and when you look at the back end of his career or, or you know, what he did um, in high school and after high school, it is absolutely amazing um, because if uh, people would see that, they wouldn't believe it. I mean, he must have been a heck of an athlete. Um, I know he's a heck of a coach. I've watched him on the bench with your teams many times. And uh, maybe you could comment on, on his, uh, his journey a little bit, and then we'll let him comment on it as well. Yeah, so when you read the bio, you see he was uh, um, played house hockey and then then came in with us as a manager. He managed as a freshman in his freshman year and played on the house team, um, and then three years of varsity, which were, were successful. Um, when when Kurt came in, he was uh, five seven hundred forty pounds. So was so was Bielek. and I think I think if you t- Logan was probably as a freshman too. Uh, there's something in the water here. We, we know how to water the flowers because they all grow up to be, to be not, not good people. 
good people. And, and, and I would say for all three of these guys, then we'll get, we'll get to the other two in a bit, but Kurt hated to lose. Um, he just hated to lose. He still hates to lose. Um, when I, when we were coaching together and uh, we'd be walking over to the locker room in between the, the, the first and second period or something, I could hardly talk to him. Sometimes he was so mad. Uh, he <laughs> just really has a passion um, for not to win, but to compete. If you yeah. don't compete, you don't, you don't have a chance to win. So, I mean, Kurt came in with that. I, and I remember as is in, in the freshman year, we were, we were over at Grand Oaks arena at the time. And, and about halfway through the season, um, we were doing drills and Kurt was leading them. He was up front. Um, he wasn't waiting in the back to, for his turn. He got up there and did it. And I think that's the other thing about Kurt. He had a, um, just a, 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 a competitive attitude that was way above anybody else's passion for the game, which he's, which he still has. Um, and, and he, he, he wants to help others get better. So I, I think those are the things that, that, that I saw in him. And, and um, he, um, uh, you know, I remember one other story, I'll tell you one other story about Kurt. I remember one of his friends who was a defenseman on the team who wasn't working hard in practice. I blew the whistle and, and get him in there and and as they come to the to to the board um Kurt just levels this guy um and, and, and from the ice the other player <laughs> Kurt says if you don't start working I'm going to do this every time coach blows the whistle um, <laughs> I mean that's Love the kind it. of that's what he he expected that and I think these guys did too when we get to their their turn it'll be the same I mean they expect that others will do their best and when they don't, they, they, they try to convince them how to do it. It's a good thing you didn't do that. You'd be in jail today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the thing that I, I was reading, I was reading Kurt's bio here, and I was really impressed with this. I mean, he has great stats. He's all-state, dream team, MVP, all this stuff. But I see his sophomore year, Coach's Character Award. Uh, junior year, Coach's Character Award. Um, senior year, coach's character award. I mean, that says a lot about a guy. I mean, you know, Andy Green was that guy at Trenton, right? He goes to Miami. He becomes the captain. I think he was a captain at Miami as a sophomore. I mean, when you win the character award, I mean, that says a lot about not only the guy as a player, but it says a lot about him as a person. And having him um, hold his teammates accountable, I think, carries a lot of weight when you're, when you're the character guy on the team. So I can see where that's a huge benefit to having that guy on your team when you're the when you're the head coach and he's holding his players accountable, but still he's the character guy on the team. So I think that's a, that's a really a good quality in a, in a player. But uh, I'm going to ask Kurt, like, um, so how did how did playing high school hockey you know prepare you for juniors and college and and maybe being a high school coach? What what's your uh, what's your take on that? I'll be honest with you. I, I don't even recall the path. Like junior hockey wasn't even on the radar when I was playing high school hockey. It was just, it, you're kind of in the moment at the time. And the, the ambassadors had a team at CompUR there and we watched them and there were some local kids had played there, but it, it wasn't even on my radar at the time. And, uh, you know, we just played cause it was fun and, uh, it, we weren't playing to, to look for junior hockey opportunities and we weren't, necessarily exposed to it a ton of high school guys you know other than Damon and Mike Skijinski you know that were you know about eight years ahead of us at Brighton had done it so it was 
it, it wasn't really out there for us at the time. We just played. It was fun. We didn't know any better. And um, Todd Johnson had helped out with, with going to the, the prospects tournament in Toronto and some other kids were, were tendered and, and had a good tournament up there. And one thing kind of led to the other. So it was, uh, it wasn't something that I was chasing. It kind of just fell into place with, with some help from some other good high school coaches like Todd Johnson and Scott Locke was helping at the time and, uh, and, and Bill Burns taking us up there. So it, it was, uh, it was interesting how it all worked out and it, and it was never the goal as, as I was playing in high school. Yeah. What's interesting is, you know, a lot of guys, I, I think they're watching the sand run through the hourglass and they, they're thinking, you know, I'm playing high school hockey, but I can't wait to play junior hockey. Then and when they get to junior hockey, I'm playing junior hockey, and I can't wait till it's over so I can go to college. And I think they watch the sand run through the hourglass. And for the guys who don't make those steps, I mean, I think they must feel a whole lot of pressure. Whereas, like what you said, you know, you're just enjoying the game. And, and uh, you know, it, it took care of itself. The path took care of itself because you're a good player and you're having fun, enjoying it. And, uh probably didn't feel the pressure that some of these kids feel from their coaches or their parents or whatever. And I think that's another benefit of playing high school hockey. I think it's more about team than it is about me. And so um, I liked what you said before, and I think that that holds true. And we'll probably find that true to to be true with the other guys when we, when we talk to them, but um, you know, was there anything that got you excited, you know, after your playing days, your, 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 you know, your coaching with your, with your old coach or an assistant and, and now you're the head coach of the program. You're, you know, you're the maestro. Um, is there anything that, you know, got you excited about, you know, now you're the head coach. What's, uh, what's it feel like? What was that? Uh, what was that like? I don't know that it was, um, you know, overly exciting. Like Paul and I had such a great relationship and we worked together for so many years. It wasn't like it was anything new. Um, you know, we, we worked, side by side as a team. It wasn't, you know, he did one thing, I did the other. We worked together as a group. So really it was a seamless transition. And, you know, the only bad part is he wasn't there for the ride last year. And, uh, you know, last year being, being the first year, it was, uh, you know, it, it was new in the sense that he wasn't there, but it wasn't new for me because, you know, I, I'd been there for 10 years as, as an assistant with him and, you know, being around when I was playing, doing our, doing our camps and stuff in the summer and then my time as a player. So I realistically, I've been part of the Brighton program for over half my life. So it's been, uh, you know, it's been a pretty easy transition to the head coaching position. Yeah. I I know you guys have a a, a great history, you and Paul and, and all the other guys that have coached in the program. And like Paul mentioned earlier, you know um, there's only been five coaches there in all those years. And, you know, it's a pretty stable program. He's passed the baton on to you, and uh, and you've done a great job there. I know Cranbrook won the uh, state championship this year at the D3 level, and a lot of those kids that, you know, um, I retired two years ago, but a lot of those kids were on our JV team um, my last year coaching, and now those guys were the captains. You know, they transitioned up the ladder, and they won a state championship. I, I wasn't there to see it. I, I, li- I live down here in Florida, but, you know, I was really proud of the fact that, you know, the, uh, you know, things go on and, and the program's been successful and uh, John's doing a great job there. And I'm sure Paul feels that way about when you guys, you know, all the success that you've had since he's retired. So it's really, uh, it's really fun to, uh, to see the, uh, to see that legacy continue. I know, 
um, you know, you'll keep that going for years to come. And uh, congratulations on a, on a great program there. Um, Thanks. I want to sort of transition over to, uh, to Colin a little bit, if, if you guys don't mind here. And I'm looking at his um, resume and his bio. And here's another guy that played two years of JV, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I look at that and I see the success. And, and we've had many kids in our program do the same thing, right? Um, I know Mac McEachern played two years of JV at Brighton or at uh, Brother Rice, you know, and he spent a number of years in the NHL. Uh, Casey Wellman played uh, JV for us. He played in the NHL. Patrick Brown is now playing in the NHL. He played a year of JV for us. So I look at Colin's bio here and I see he played two years of JV and, you know, people, you know, think that that's a dead end street. Can you, can you comment on that Colin a little bit about your years on the JV team and, and how that's helped prepare you for varsity. And now you're, you know, now you're playing college hockey. I mean, it's uh it's uh, it's a remarkable, um, you know, it's it's a remarkable way to get there, compared to you know the typical route where kids would maybe play, you know, at a high level of, of, of travel hockey and play eighty games a year. So can you can you comment on your years at Brighton? Yeah, of course. I think that uh, kind of what Kurt touched on about uh, kind of just playing hockey and having fun with it. I, I think that was a huge thing for me in high school was those first two years that I was playing on the JV team, I was never really thinking that, oh man, I'm, there's no way I'm ever going to get a, get to college or get to junior hockey. Um, I just believed that it was just kind of a, a stepping stone from where I was playing. I played double A travel hockey. I never played triple A uh, growing up. So um, playing JV and then being one of the younger guys on the team and playing with, with older folks, like that helped my development. Uh, immensely. So after I played my freshman year at JV, I played another year at JV. And I mean, you think that you're, you're staying stagnant. Obviously it's, it's a disappointing when you don't get to make the varsity team. But when, when I, when you finally make the varsity team, it's just another jump. Um, I mean, I, I, I believe that I was a really late bloomer in my, my hockey career, but um when I was playing in high school, it was just always just taking those steps, just continuing to develop my game. But uh, kind of, again, what Kurt said, like you're never really thinking like, man, I'm never going to make it just because I'm playing JV. Like nobody's looking at, in my perspective, like nobody was looking at uh, me when I'm playing JV hockey or or when I was never getting recruited when I was playing varsity hockey. So um, it was just kind of all part of the developmental process that, that you just stay patient with and, and, um, you know, if, if uh, uh, just kind of developing through those my high school years, I mean, it, gave, it opened up a door to go play junior hockey and, and just continue to, to develop my own game. I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, being patient. Everybody develops at a different time. I know some kids are 14 years old and they're fully developed physically. And, you know, um, I know when Eric Lindros played for me, he was a 17-year-old. He was 6'5 and weighed 230 pounds. Um, you know, he was, he was just unbelievable and he looked like a man playing with boys when he was 17. Um, but yeah, everybody develops at a different time. I think if you're patient and I, and I, and I see a common denominator here with, with the three guys that we're talking to today, uh, Paul, is they all played JV hockey and it seems to me they all played for the right reasons. They were having fun and they weren't, uh, in the pressure cooker. And a lot of these kids today are in the pressure cooker 
Well, you know, you got to get to here. You got to get to there. They have a they have a path that's you know set out for them. I think they're set up to fail. You know, they they don't uh, they don't enjoy the game, and and uh, and I think in the case of uh, of Colin and and Logan and Kurt, you know, you guys have all enjoyed the game and and let nature take its course, and I, I think that takes a lot of pressure off you. Um, you have anything, um, Colin? Anything you'd like to? Uh, maybe talk about uh, your experiences with uh, Paul as a, as a coach. <laughs> yeah, of course. Did he, think, like, yeah. did he, did he, did he um, bag skate you a lot? Was he, <laughs> was he mean to you? Did he? Of course, he did skate a lot. I don't we know. Want some, we want some dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I got no dirt on coach, but uh, <laughs> no, playing for both coach and Kurt um, throughout high school, like, uh, I mean, playing in the Brighton program, no matter what, if I was playing JV or playing varsity, you do feel a part of something that is much bigger than yourself. And it's kind of crazy because when you played, like, especially when I played varsity, I knew that I wanted to go play junior hockey. But um, I never at one point was I ever thinking, like, man, kind of what you're talking about, like that, the, the, like that pressure that you're feeling. I never felt like pressure, like, oh, man, I got to play well this game because – like or whatever showcase the Trenton showcase or whatever I got I got to play well at the showcase because because man I'm not I'm I'm not going to get a shot to play junior hockey or anything like that so just playing at the Brighton program it was just always about team first um like that we always I remember we'd always just focus on uh I forget I coach I couldn't I want to say I was like team like 34 or whatever but we always had the you team were, number like what you were a team that what it was yeah. What a good, yeah, good, dude. I got a good memory then. But, uh, but like, it was always about uh, the team. It was always about the team and playing for coach. Like, I think that um, from a leadership as like proponent, it was huge for me to to develop my uh, uh, leadership skills playing for at Brighton and playing under coach because um, you know leadership's hard and being a leader at Brighton, um, it's obviously you're playing for a power powerhouse program i think the the year the two years my freshman and sophomore years I, I watched them win two state championships my junior year we went to the state championship and then my senior year i was captain and we and and we didn't make it to copywear and um you know being a leader in on a team that that or in an organization that is all about winning is all about family it, it just it was just huge for my development uh, as a hockey player but always it just also as a person because um i mean you learn a lot from from being around coach and being around Kurt guys guys who really are passionate about the game and and i was really fortunate to come to come play through the brighton program there's not a lot of guys that have that have the the uh, location i guess like of good high school programs to go to come up through so i was pretty lucky and fortunate to play to play uh, at brighton and play for these two guys because um, not only is it a blast playing for your community, like Kurt said, but it's also uh, uh, a pretty huge contributor to development of you, like as a as a hockey player, and more importantly, as a as a as a human being. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think the life skills you learn in in high school hockey, are, you know, they're they're critically important, and you know, they're going to stay with you forever and ever. So, um, you know, I, I look at uh, I look at uh, your bio here and, you know, you've done some amazing things and, and it, it shows, you know, again, you know, the character of, of the kids that play in, in the Brighton program, you know, there's a, there is a common denominator there, you know, it's, it's all about team and you can see it. 
and you can see it on the ice. You know, there's a method to the madness. You can see that the discipline is there. And, uh, you know, you guys are all a byproduct of that and, uh, and, and many others as well. So it's, it's a great program. I want to. Andy, could uh, I just say one thing here? Absolutely. About, about Colin. So, I mean, obviously he's, uh, he's respected. I know they retired his Jersey on his, on his junior team. And now he's the, <laughs> in, his, in his senior year, he's the, uh, you know, second year captain, which, that's at West Point. I mean, really, that's unbelievable that he's a, a captain in the second year at, at West Point. Um, and, and, but when I was going through Team 34 book, because we have books on all these guys, I, I found something that I, I, I'd like to share with you. Just I'm, I'm going to read this. this. These are my thoughts before the banquet uh, his, in his senior year. Um, Colin was the life of the party. He was good, <clears throat> good wherever we asked him to go. When a forward line wasn't going we put Colin in and they got better immediately. His, his compete level was unmatched and his work ethic was excellent. He was a student, a servant leader, and they always make the best captains. When six would go on the bus, they were often on, on his shoulder. Colin is a great two-way player, blocked shots, finished checks, and orchestrated our off-ice activities. He was a coaches and a players type of player. I think a student leader um, and all these guys were captains, and all of them were were servant leaders. I think being a servant leader is a key to, I think, what we, we try to instill in them at Brighton. Um, just because you're the best player, just because you're the, the captain, doesn't mean you don't do the work. And all three of these guys did all of that. So, I, And I, I think for, for Colin, Logan, and, and Kurt, they all exemplify that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean – these bios are really impressive and uh, you know, we won't be able to share everything that's in the bio, but when I received them and, and read through them, I mean, they're, there's, they're very impressive. Uh, I know uh, in, uh, in my agreement with your, uh, what you just said, when we, uh, at the end of our season, what we used to do is we used to have like a uh, uh, exit interviews with the players and, you know, we would try to figure out who, who we're going to pass the baton to as captains and, and I would always tell the guys and, you know, say, hey, uh, we only have one criteria, one criteria only for, for our captain. You care about other people more than you care about yourself. That's the, that was our only criteria. And if you could find that guy, um, he didn't have to be the best player. But if he cared about the other guys and cared about the team, I mean, he's definitely going to be your captain. And I would say, you know, like Brighton, we had a lot of guys like Colin and, and Kurt and, and Logan in our program that really did care about the other guys more than they cared about themselves. And, and, and it shows in the success both on and off the ice. So mm -hmm. I couldn't be, uh, I couldn't be in more of a, an agreement with you on that subject, but uh, I would like to talk about Logan a little bit. And then I'd like, while we're, while I'm talking to Logan, I'd like, I'd like you guys, uh, Kurt and, and Colin to think of some, uh, some coach stories. Maybe we can dig up a little, at least a little bit of dirt. There's got to be one water bottle he threw in his whole career. He was a coach for 40 years. He had to, he had to lose it at least once. But uh, I'll let you think about that, and we'll talk to Logan here. Logan, I'm looking at your bio, and another guy who played a couple years of JV. Um, it seems like a common theme there. I know you have a. I know Brighton has a good program, so it's really difficult for a freshman or or even a sophomore to make the varsity team. So there's got to be a development process there. But um, it looks like uh, 
you know, it looks like that you've had that same path, a couple years of JV and, and then varsity and some mega success on the varsity team and now playing in college. Can you just um, maybe comment a little bit how Brighton High School's helped you to get to where you are today or how it influenced your career? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, similar to everyone else on the call, I think JV was fundamental in my success. Um, I was actually just super fortunate and happy that I made JV as a freshman. Uh, no, I was, in a, I was in a little bit of a battle to make JV my freshman year. And I think more than anything, when I think back on my freshman year at Brayton, um, I only played two or three games on the JV team. But just my development off the ice as an individual is where I feel like I grew the most. Um, I came from AAA. I was a AAA kid growing up. So for me, it was hockey was always individualistic in nature. Um, and obviously, when you get to Brayton, it couldn't be more different. And I think for me, getting away from that individualistic culture and getting in that like collective space and, and realizing it's so much bigger than yourself um, was just so big for me as a human being more than a hockey player. Um, and then obviously my second year on JV competed for some time. And I think that was good for my development to kind of build my competitive nature. And then same thing as these guys, when I got to diversity, it wasn't about myself or, what was to come next? It was just about being ready every day. I guess I got uh, the trait of hating to lose from Kurt um, my junior year. Cause uh, I mean, our process was never looking to compuware or looking for state championships. It was just doing the right things every week to be prepared for the weekend or our midweek game and then hoping for the best results. But it was keeping our focus directed and not getting outside each individual week. And I think that boded well for us down the stretch and, Obviously, when I look back at my time in Brighton, it's some of the memories that I cherish the most in my life. I agree. Yeah, if you look at all the good teams, not only in high school but in college, and you know, even in the pro at the pro level, almost all good teams are process orientated, right? They're, they 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 stick with the process. They don't worry about the the end goal, right? You're not thinking about compy where you're just thinking about getting better week to week. Um, and staying with the process, whether you're building a power play or you're working on your forecheck or whatever, from week to week, you just got to know that you're getting incrementally better all the time. And when you get to the end, you know, when the playoffs come, hopefully that, you know, the process is, is worked well, like it's supposed to, and, and you're playing and the team is playing well and the chemistry is good. And, you know, all the pieces fall into place. Um, I don't know if you know this, I think you probably do, but your dad played for me growing up as a kid. Um, probably for four years in AAA hockey when I first started coaching. So we're going to go back to like, oh, maybe the uh, late 70s. And uh, your dad was a heck of a player. He was, he was, a, he was a real even-keeled guy, uh, kid growing up. I mean, really even-keeled. He was a great player, great skills, but, you know, he wasn't the, the uh, rah-rah kind of guy. And he had a great career. I mean, he played in the NHL, uh, played, had a great junior career, played, played college hockey, uh, had a great college career, played in the NHL, played minor league hockey. What, what influence has, has, has your dad uh, had on you in your hockey career, even though he was a defenseman and you're a goalie? I'm not sure if there's anybody that's a non-goalie qualified to even speak to a goalie, let alone give them advice. But uh, my middle son was a goalie and he was – he was a little different. No disrespect there, but I could never give him any advice. So uh, has your dad had any any positive influence on you at all as far as the, the position of goaltender? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He always jokes around. He doesn't know what went wrong for me to become a goalie. But yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I mean, similar to a lot of the people on this call, I think I think it was a blessing that I was a different um, position path as him because, like you said, it's it's a different world being a goalie and defense. <clears throat> but I mean, more than anything, like you said, like it's just a human being that he is. He's definitely one of the most humble people uh, I've ever met in my life. I didn't. I didn't know he played in the NHL until I was like 12 years old. One of my classmates told me, um, which says enough about him. But yeah, just teaching me life lessons, how to carry myself, how to represent something bigger than myself and how to treat other people. I mean, it's an absolute blessing to be able to be raised with a dad like that and a human being like that. Yeah, he's he's very even keeled. And uh, I'm sure that uh, if you if you. Uh, peeled back the onion a little bit you'd probably find some good stories in there somewhere because there's always good hockey stories somewhere in there but uh yeah he was he was a he was a great player growing up as as a little guy and and then uh you know we kind of separated ways I went and coached junior hockey and he went and played junior hockey um but yeah I could see that there was a there was a future in hockey for him he he played for the right reasons just like all all you guys stated earlier like he enjoyed the game I don't think he felt any pressure um, your, your grandpa, Pete, um, I knew him very well. He was, uh, he was a pretty excitable guy. He had high blood pressure and I remember <laughs> him coming to some of the games, you know, he was all, always worried about Pat, your dad, Pat, but, uh, but, uh, Pat was, uh, so even keeled. He was such a good guy to, to, uh, such a good teammate for, you know, such a young kid. Uh, I could see that there was a future for him, but, uh, I want to segue back to Kurt here for a minute, and uh, and I gave you a few minutes here to think of a good story about the coach, and uh, maybe him firing a stick or two, or a water bottle, or <laughs> or uh, or something. I know it's probably didn't happen, but you know, if we got to make something up, let's make it up. <laughs> I might have to correct the details on this one, but but I do remember one we were. It might have been the first year we went on our UP trip. We we went up and played up in uh, Calumet, and I don't remember if it was Houghton or Hancock, and, and this Sunday afternoon, we're on the way home, and we stopped to stretch our legs along US2, and uh, one of the assistant coaches was joking with a couple of guys and said, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you jump in jump in Lake Michigan, and it was, it was dumb. Our whole team walked out on the ice, and we were like a tenth of a mile off the shore, and there's like piles of ice everywhere, and we're, we're out in the lake, which is incredibly dumb to begin with. And, and, and at least one, if not two of the guys, I don't remember, but at least one of them jumped in, geared down, jumped in the <laughs> lake in their underwear, and then we all sprinted back onto the bus. And and the uh, the guy said, no, I'm not paying up or whatever it was. And Paul's like, nope. You, you said you are. You're, you're paying him 100 bucks." So Paul uh, stuck to his guns, and, and uh, the kid got his money. Those are fun stories. Yeah, we did that Calumet trip for twenty. Let's see, twenty-seven years, and um, we 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 had a home and home with Calumet every other year. They'd come down and play us, and then we'd go up there on the can't remember if it was the out or the even years, but we did it for twenty-seven years. And I think they're still doing it, so it's probably carried on now. It's twenty-nine years, but uh, yeah, I mean, we we'd go up the first weekend in December after our Thanksgiving tournament. And, you know, we'd get up there and there'd be 16 inches of snow on the ground. And we did some of that dumb stuff, too, that, you know, the guys remember, right? They remember those times. I mean, you know, 
going out in the snow and making snow angels or, you know, just doing something crazy, but nobody got hurt. I mean, it wasn't super dangerous, but it could, you know, I mean, if that ice breaks and the whole team goes under, I'm sure Paul would have been a little upset, but I wouldn't be here right now. Uh, he'd, he'd still be in jail, but, uh, but yeah, no, those are, those are good stories. How about you, Colin? What do you, what do you have for us? <laughs> oh boy. I don't know. I've gotten my butt chewed by coach a couple of times. Uh, but uh, I don't know, probably probably just one uh, little ongoing joke that we'd always give coaches. Uh, I don't know if anybody, if uh, Logs you know, but I mean, if you if you ever look at a coach when he, during practice, if you just look at his skates, like you swear to God, the things are slip-ons, number one, because he never <laughs> ties them. But I remember I remember one day we were playing. Uh, I don't know. We'd mar- we'd marinate in the in the locker room for. Oh God! Hours after practice, just hanging out. But I remember one day we were playing baseball in the locker room, and one of the guys hit hit a hit a tape ball or something over towards the stall, and we pick, pick and, it was, and it went in the coach's stall, and we look at his skates. Man, I swear to God, those skates have to be from back when coach was actually playing because we were looking <laughs> at them and we were just having a meltdown, laughing at these things. But no, that was just a, just a joke that we'd always give coach, man. It was just <laughs> those, those, those skates were uh, hand me downs from Damon, <laughs> and um, I, 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 would, I asked my wife to get them sharpened one day. She'll so take them over to Perfect Edge, and the uh, and Mike, old Mike, there said. Uh, you know, here's three three pairs of skates. Take them home. We can't we can't sharpen these anymore. <laughs> and I, and I said, no, take them back. You know, I'm not I'm not getting new skates. I don't need new skates. So finally, he convinced me to get these new skates. And and the and the first time I put them on was picture day. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Kurt, but I so I put on these new skates. Uh, they feel weird. Um, and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't skate from from the bench. <laughs> Out to the out to where we were, we were going to stand for the picture. So I take took him back and um, said we got to do something. So he rockered them differently, and they, they turned out to be pretty awesome. But yeah, those skates were uh, I, I, I should have saved them. They, they were bad. <laughs> so they you were know you should, they were slip ons. You should take they those skates and you guys should hang them on the wall in the locker room. That's what you should do. We did that with one of our assistant coaches. He had the old plastic boots, and they. They were relics, and uh, you guys should take those, hang them on the hang them on the wall in a dressing room. You guys will love that. Logan, what do you got for us? Um, mine's not as good as the skates, even though I've got plenty of good skate stories. Um, I'm never going to forget Sam Brennan having the skates on at the all-night party and Coach walking in when <laughs> Sam had the skates on his feet. It's probably one of the funniest moments of my high school career. Um, I'm never, you know, oh, I remember we all we all looked over at the door and saw Coach walk in. And all our faces are bright red, and he just starts laughing. <laughs> I'm never gonna forget that one. But uh, the one that comes to mind for me was it is it kind of a weird context. So not a lot of people know down the stretch of uh, the 2017 year. So my senior year, we were actually struggling pretty bad, like the last five six games. Like we were we were finding ways to lose games, honestly. Um, and I, you know, sometimes that's, I mean, that's hockey, that's life. Things don't always go your way, but I remember coach Kurt and Paul pulling me out into the hallway to just kind of just talk to me about it. Um, and it was like one of those things where I, I hadn't been playing my best and they kind of just brought that to my attention. They're like, what do you think's going on? All these things. And I remember I, I was just overthinking everything. I'm like, Oh, all these different things in my head. I'm like, you, you know, it's your senior year. You want to win a state championship so bad. You're going into playoff. You haven't won that many games. 
And I, I just remember like sputtering all these answers, couldn't think. I'm like trying to collect my thoughts and coach is looking at me. So it's going to be all right. We've got this. You, you know, he gets his classic coach all smile. And I'm, I'm looking back and I smile back and I'm like, look at Kurt. I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, this is all going to be all right. You know, you know, I believe you. Like, and there's that trust. And I remember just giving them both a hug, went back in the locker room and, I think there's more to the story, though, Logan. I, I think you're leaving the most critical part out of this. Which part is that? When you dumped your girlfriend. Oh, yeah, no, actually, that, that, was, that. that was placebo. That was placebo. Um, that's the truth comes story. out. We, we went on a little that bit. That is the same kid. time, and your performance went up. Yeah. In the next month. Oh, was, man. Yeah, we went on a little skid, and... Uh, I had I got a girlfriend around the same time, um, and I, I, I remember going to the locker room and just telling the boys, I was like, yeah, guys, don't worry. I got rid of her. I got rid of her. Like, and then all of a sudden, everyone's excited for practice, and everyone, there goes there goes the wins. So it was funny. <laughs> Whatever it was, it worked because uh, it, we, we won the six playoff games, obviously, um, and uh, – Logs only gave up four goals in six games and none in the third period. So, um, wow. and got a date that Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> they, they always take you back if you have a state championship. <laughs> I don't think he's had one since. <laughs> he learned the lesson. That's good stuff, boys. Good oh, that's stuff. great. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about your your journey and. And uh, each one of you guys could be the poster child for for high school hockey. I mean, I hope there's some some families out there that watch this uh, podcast, and there's there's a lot they could really get out of this um, from what you guys said and and what Coach said. And um, you know, I mean, the the program there is great, and um, you know, the legacy continues. I, I really I'm really happy that we got a chance to chat. I wanted to. Uh, kind of follow up with Paul's story about the skates. I never sharpened my skates either, coach. Never sharpened them. <laughs> in fact, I never taped my stick. So every once in a while, maybe every five years, one of the players would look at it. You know how the tape gets off. It, it looks like uh, laundry on there. I mean, it's all, it's, it doesn't even stick anymore. So Casey Wellman gave me a stick. It was an old yellow composite stick. I had it for like six years and uh, I never taped it. So one day, one of the guys said, hey, coach, you got to tape your stick. It's just the optics are bad. Like, this just doesn't look right. So he taped the stick up. My son, Andy Jr., was coaching with me, and he walks into the locker room like Mr. Magoo, and he sees the stick, right? He goes, hey, hey, Dad, that's a nice – yeah, so you taped your stick. He, he takes it out of the stall, takes it outside, takes one slap shot, and breaks it. And I had the stick for six years. Never taped it once. That's the tape that broke it. Paul had a wood one, so he, he didn't have to worry about that. He used a Sherwood stuff. Yeah, Sherwood. Yeah, I, I, I lost uh, – I think I inherited a stick from Damon again, the handy bee now. And I, I think I left it in Houghton, got back, and didn't have a stick. And I thought, I, I don't need a real good stick here. I'm just leaning on it. So right, I, exactly. I brought a Sherwood. Speaking yeah, of that, the other funny thing, Colin might remember this too. We would do some small area games when it was just me and Paul coaching, you know, towards the end of his career. And, you know, it'd be some of that stuff where you'd have to pass it to one coach and get it back. And we'd always <laughs> chuckle because Paul wouldn't even attempt to catch the pass. He would just have <laughs> a puck waiting there and pass that one to the guys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Always get a kick out of that. Well, they had to be good passes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. I like that. 
That's that's uh, that's working smart. Yeah, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No sense in trying to catch the pass and return it. That's too much work. <laughs> I think there's something about coaches and their sticks because a coach Riley here at Army last year didn't. Uh, he broke his stick, the blade of his stick, and the one of our uh, I couldn't tell. I think it was games five or game five or game six, and uh, we won that. We won that weekend. We swept that weekend, so we kept using the stick, and we went on a 13 game win streak. And he he kept using every practice. He would use uh, the stick, and the whole blade was literally dangling. So he, <laughs> guys would pass him pucks and and uh, see if he'd try to catch him. He wouldn't catch him. So talk, he's a little superstitious in that in that aspect. But no, it's pretty pretty goofy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey guys, thanks again for for sharing uh, your stories and taking time out of your busy schedules. Um, and good luck with all your future endeavors. Uh, Kurt, good luck this, uh, re- this season, uh, Brighton. And uh, Coach, good luck in your retirement. Enjoy life. I've uh, been retired two years down here in Florida. It's not so bad. Um, my golf game is, is improving all the time, and, uh, <laughs> and life is good down here other than it's a little hot in the summer. But, uh, yeah, guys, thanks again. I, I ho- I, again, I hope, I hope there's some, some families out there that get a chance to watch this podcast and hear your – hear your stories because it is uh it is really uh, a remarkable journey that you guys took to get where you're at and um in some some instances i think you've defied the the odds in terms of you know not taking the, the normal path but uh again uh congrats on everything and uh thanks for being here today and uh and good luck going forward